Mastermind Agent is proud to present success calls. Top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com. Hi, I'm Mike Cerrone with Mastermind Agent. This month's top agent is Leslie Hodge Peralt with EXP Realty in Wichita, Kansas. Last year, she closed 80 transactions with a total sales volume of $10 million. Her average sales price was $133,000, of which 64% were buyers and 36% were sellers. Leslie is a solo agent with two assistants, one driver and one part-time admin. Leslie's been an agent for 15 years. Her unlicensed husband, David, has been assisting for two and a half years. In this call, Leslie and David talk about selling 80 homes per year as a solo REO agent, getting burned out and taking two years off, jumping back into real estate as a traditional agent with zero base, how to use Facebook to build up an instant sphere of influence, the simple way to project success and attract new leads when you have zero listings and no clients, how to generate leads and closings by posting in strange places on Facebook, including what to post, which homes to avoid posting unless you want difficult clients, the one idea that skyrocketed her lead generation on Facebook, turning Zillow into your own lead generation machine, successfully working with your spouse, including roles and responsibilities, why busy agents should hire a driver before a buyer agent, Staying small and profitable. First, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the call, Leslie and David. Thanks for having us. Hi there. Hey, Leslie. Hey, David. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me today. Before we talk about what you're doing today, let's go back for a minute and talk about what you did before you got into real estate. Oh, boy. (laughs) I was the jack of all trades. Um, I sold cars. I did internet sales for a Chevy dealership. A little bit of everything. I worked in an aircraft plant and drove a forklift. (laughs) David? Well, I was... I joined the Air Force when I was 18 and spent 20 years in the Air Force. I got stationed here in Wichita in 98, did my last 10 years here. I retired. While I was in, I I learned martial arts over in Japan. I stayed over there for about six years, opened up a Taekwondo school here in Wichita, ran that for about 10 years, and then I met Leslie, and um, she got me into real estate. Very good. Now, Leslie, you mentioned you had uh, some sales experience selling cars. How long did you do that for? About two years. About two years. Very good. And what made you decide to get into real estate? Uh, My grandmother sold real estate. She was licensed for 47 years. Wow. Did you end up selling real estate with her? Somewhat. I was supposed to uh, take over her business when she retired, but she retired about four years ago, and I've been doing this for 15, and she gave me one lead that it was 
you know, back in the day before you could transfer your same cell phone number to a different carrier mm-hmm. and before like all the unlimited plans were out. And so I spent $2,000 on cell phone bills to get about a $900 commission check from somebody she referred to me. And it was funny because when I told her that I had them under contract and that they were closing, she said, are you serious? And I thought, <laughs> the only reason you gave these people to me was because you didn't want to work with them. So that was one and only thing that we really worked together on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the school of hard knocks, wasn't it? You just didn't expect that from your grandma. You better believe it. Yeah. That's great. Well, let me ask you this, actually. Let's go back to that time that you, Leslie, when you first got in the business, did you have a fast start or a slow start that very first year? I was up and running. I had just had a little kid, a little baby boy, and I knew it was now or never. So being broke was a big motivator. And I just went out and started pounding the pavement. And I'd never been to any of the classes or anything else, but, and I was 20. Gosh, 20, maybe it just turned 25. And I was calling on expired listings and withdrawn listings every morning and calling for sell by owners. And then I realized hindsight that there were other people that did that. I just thought I was a genius straight out the gate when I came up with that <laughs> idea. <laughs> so that's how I started. I did, um, I think I closed 24 deals my first year. Wow. That's pretty quick. So you were working mainly with sellers then, calling the FISBOs and expires, or were you also working with buyers that first year? I did some buyers out of my SOI and from people that had came through open houses, but primarily my business was listings. Leslie tells me that uh, the reason she wasn't able to do buyers is because she was too young and nobody would trust her, you know, buying a house. But at the same time, all of her friends their parents, they all knew the crazy stuff she did. (laughs) (laughs) So they didn't trust me to do business. So I I had to go out and just find complete cold leads, you know, that didn't know me at all in order to build my business when we started. (laughs) Do you remember your approach to either a for sale by owner and expired those early days? Every evening I would stay up, they would go and show us on MLS at 12.01 in the morning of what had expired or withdrawn for the day. And I would go through, and at that time, people still had landlines. And I would go and look up the houses, look up the names of the owners on the county's website. And then I would go to like whitepages.com and I would just start trying to find people. And then at nine o'clock the next morning, I would start working the phone and I would just get on the phone and call them. And I would tell them that I was Leslie and I didn't know if they realized that their house was no longer on the market. And most of the time they were surprised that their agent hadn't even called them to tell them that they needed to renew their listing. And so then they'd get a little pissed off and then they would wind up having me come out and look at their house. Well, let's do this. Let's fast forward to the day. Now, Leslie, how long have you been in the business? A little over 15 years. 15 years. David, how long have you been in the business? Well, I've been with Leslie for about two and a half years, so uh, about that long, and together we've done about 120 deals, so I've got quite a crash course there. Uh, Yeah, you did. No doubt. Now, let's do this. Tell me, how many homes did you sell last year 
What was the sales volume on those homes? Uh, we did 80 sides and between oh, about 10 and a half, 11 million. Wichita sales price is about $130,000 average. And do you recall your uh, your GCI from that year? Uh, it's about 320 grand. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, that's quite a bit of business. And you said your average sales price is 130000 You're in Wichita. How big is Wichita? What's the population there? Got about half a million. Yeah, about half a million. Very good. And the average price is 130. Do you tend, or that was your average sales price, do you tend to work in the middle of the market, lower end or upper end? That's Wichita's average for all of MLS. So we're all over. I tell people all the time, it's like we've sold everything from a couple thousand dollars to, you know, 1.3 million. Those do exist here, but <laughs> but the average is 130. <laughs> well, they exist here, but there's Two ladies that primarily they dominate. They dominate the market on the the really high end stuff. So difficult to break into that, but we're uh, we've got ideas on that. So Leslie's been she couldn't sleep the other night because she was thinking about how we're going to get into the high end market. That's a future call. Yeah, we'll have to come back to that one. I wish you the best of luck. I hope it works out, and I can't wait to talk to you about it. What I want to do is I actually I know I'm jumping back and forth on the timeline, but Leslie, I want to talk to you. Real quickly, to go back maybe, I'm guessing three years or so, it sounds like you got a little burned out and you took a little break from real estate. Is that true? What happened? I was doing about 80 deals a year by myself and I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off and I had a son that I was going to the functions but wasn't really present for the functions and you know all of the school things that he had going on. And I was just really burnt out. My marriage was not doing well. And so I took about two years off. I went on vacation every month and just was trying to relax and wound up getting divorced in that time frame. and then met David and we just jump-started the business. So that to me is what's crazy about what we're up to with 80 deals a year because we went from zero about two and a half years ago to 80 this past year. Well, and I can I add something to that is uh, I think it's important that, you know, that everybody knows that when Leslie was doing 80 to 90 deals prior to her hiatus, she was primarily a foreclosure specialist. So she, she was working directly for these banks and handling all their foreclosures. So the 80 deals that we did last year, those are all first time home buyers. Those are, you know, second and third time home buyers. Those are not foreclosures, um, like none of them. Right. <laughs> so a lot more work, a lot yeah. more work. You know, that's an excellent distinction, and I really appreciate that. With the bank's help, you were able to leverage into a lot more closings because they're doing some of that back-end work, although it's certainly a wild ride, and it's a lot of work, wasn't it? Oh, and and it was thankless. You know, when you're having to go out with the sheriff and evict people out of their homes versus giving keys to a first-time homeowner, it's an entirely different experience. One, you bring your smile, and the other, you bring your frown. <laughs> that wasn't all you wanted to bring. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, thank you for making that distinction. And, and let's talk about how you rebooted and 
recreated your business after a bit of a hiatus there, and you ramped up to 80 units of resale in this traditional market rather quickly. And since we're on the topic, let's talk about the staff that you have or how many people are actually doing this. Leslie, my understanding is you are the primary, the agent, you're doing all the agent duties, and then David is assisting as well as one other person. Is that correct? That's correct. I've had my assistant, Lisa, even when I took my two years off, I continued to have her doing broker price opinions and stuff for those two years because I just couldn't stand to get rid of her. It just, I'm terrible at that confrontation. So she continued on the payroll, even though I wasn't doing anything real estate wise, but I'm the licensed agent. Lisa does some behind the scene things, putting listings into MLS making databases for neighborhoods. That was a lot more of a big deal in my former real estate life than it is today. We did a lot of mail out, which I'm not finding the results that I am now that I did back then. So that's been one of the duties that have changed for her. But she just does a lot of a lot of different background things. And then David coming in just really brought a fresh set of eyes to it. I had focused so much on listings that it was kind of funny. We went out to show um, an internet lead a house and then we got in the car after we had talked to him and David says, these guys don't even understand that they don't pay you. I said, Oh, that's foolish. I can't believe they know that they don't pay me, David. He's like, no, they have no idea that the seller is who pays you. And he's, he says, wait till we get to the next appointment and I'll prove it to you. And sure enough, you know, I had been so heavy into listings and heavy into foreclosures that I didn't see it from that angle. And so David brought a fresh set of eyes into it to really see it more from a consumer standpoint when we're talking to buyers and sellers. So did you create uh, systems to educate these first-time home buyers and how real estate works? Absolutely. We've uh, put together an entire folder. It's got a, oh, we call it a pinwheel, but it kind of gives a roadmap of how the whole process works. It has information about us. It has information about a home warranty, different lenders that we're wanting to send them to, to get pre-qualified, the whole nine. Well, and you know, uh, the nice thing about that packet is it costs like, I don't know, it's about 10 bucks with all of the stuff in it. But um, it's something that I can do. I can actually educate these guys. I don't, I don't have to be uh, licensed to talk about real estate and talk about and educate people. So that's, a, that's one of the things that, that I can do even as a non-licensed agent. Yeah, that actually gave it a whole idea. So David is not licensed. Is Lisa licensed? No. So neither one are licensed. So, Leslie, you're the real estate agent with the license. Yep, I'm the face of it. Got it. Now, I want to, again, I'm trying to give people a big picture of how you guys are working together, and and we're going to get into the exciting part as well. But could you tell us how you're all working together? You must have defined roles. So, vis-a-vis the business, what are each of your roles in the business? David is very good with all of the education. I mean, we've developed kind of a packet of information that is very similar to the buyer packet for the sellers. 
So like if I'm at a listing appointment, I'm looking at numbers and comparable sales and all of that. I do it on the spot while we're there with the potential client. And David can sit and go through the entire process with them on how everything is going to be handled from setting them up for centralized showing to closing. I mean, he, he does the whole gamut with them. One of the other things that I think is massive that he does is he drives me around all day. So I get so much done on the phone or on my laptop in the car that I couldn't have done if I were having to drive myself around. I've tried, but my insurance agent is very appreciative that David has taken over those responsibilities. (laughs) The city streets are safer. (laughs) So basically, he's my sounding board when we're talking marketing, when we're talking ideas and giving suggestions to homeowners on things that they need to update to... I don't know. I really feel like it's 50-50, even though I'm the one with the license, I'm the one that does all the contracts and the pricing and stuff like that. But I I do all the fun stuff. She does all the crappy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I get to do all the unsexy things. That's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) Well, David, why have you not gotten a license? Well, we've talked about that several times. And um, really, it's just for me to get a license about the only benefit to that would be so that way we could go show multiple homes at the same time um, because we do have to be licensed here to show a home, obviously. Um, but we've always made it work without it. And, and Leslie's like, why do we need to pay the extra dues? It just doesn't make sense. So that's pretty much the reason why. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to me, like now that I've I've been selling for the last two and a half years with David and I've done it prior to that, prior to David. And I hate going anymore by myself and showing houses because it's like work, you know, where when David and I are hanging out, we're having a good time and we're joking around and talking and whatever. And it's just like fun. It's like hanging out with your best friend while you're at work, where going and doing it by myself, it's just straight work. Yeah, there's probably not a lot of, there's probably not a whole lot of married couples that can, can do what we do, but I bet there is a lot of them that can. And I'll tell you, I, I told her this the other day, we're driving around and I'm like, I couldn't imagine doing this by myself. It would be really lonely. You know? <laughs> and she's, she said, yeah, it is. It is lonely. And so I'm, I'm really thankful that we're able to do this. It did take a little bit of adjustment for me because coming from being in the military and then I owned my own business and I was the guy, you know, I was the master in this martial arts school. And, uh, and I had to relinquish all that, and I had to basically find my own place. And since Leslie is the face of the business, I had to really acquiesce, <laughs> for the lack of a better word. But I've, I've got it all figured out now. I'm like, it's just brand. I just thought, you know, it's not, a, it's not me. I don't care, I mean, that it's all my name, but it's what's recognized. I said, so it's like we're Nike. You just have to get it out of your head that my name is associated with me. It's just that's the brand of our business. Absolutely. That is great. Well, you had given David the title of driver, and I didn't understand what that is, but now I do. And I've actually seen that with a couple other top agents around that will use a driver to make sure that they can get different locations and make sure that they're getting work done at the same time. Alan Dom comes to my mind. You know, the guy who closes 900 transactions a year in high-rise condominiums in Center City, Philadelphia. So it's a great idea. 
you have just added a great twist on it that you guys are basically, per your own words, best friends. I think if looking back in hindsight being 2020, instead of hiring a buyer's agent or these other things that I've tried in the past, I should have just hired a driver. And I could have saved the time of training somebody else and just been able to accomplish that much more. Granted, technology has changed a ton for people to be able to do things in the car and on their phones compared to where 15 years ago that wasn't feasible. But I really think that if agents are thinking about buyer's agents or getting someone else on their team, quote unquote, I think driver is is the way to go. Well, you you need to be um, you need to be really really busy to have your own driver. I think. I mean, if you're if you're doing ten deals a year, chances, oh yeah, chances are you, you're not going to need a driver, right? Nor can you necessarily afford them. In, in our market, you certainly couldn't. But yeah, you're doing fifty, sixty, seventy deals a year. Yeah, you need that driver. I could have also put on his title security. So if if they're looking for a driver, they should look for someone with martial arts background too. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been great to have next to you during those evictions. Oh, believe me. Yeah. <laughs> well, Leslie, let's now funny. talk a little bit more about your roles in the group. Now that you have other people to help, what are you still doing? Pretty much all of it. I'm a lot of a control freak. You know, I still do all the lead generation. I still make all the phone calls, set up all the showings, set up all the inspections, go to all the inspections, go to all the closings. I do all of it. I mean, it's like I'm a solo agent other than David's with me driving around. He's there on the appointments to, you know, I'll tell you one other thing going back to David's role that I think is huge, a huge advantage for us is when we're meeting people for the first time, if my personality and their personality doesn't click. To me, we get two opportunities at that. So you've got his personality and maybe their military or ex-military that they get that connection with David that I would never have with them. So, you know, there's other than those things, I mean, I pretty much do the bulk of, of what it takes to get it done. Well, I mean, you, you do all the contracts, obviously. You do all, all the, the negotiations. negotiations. You do all of the you still set up all of the inspections. You don't have your assistant doing that. You do all the marketing. I'm in charge of, you know, signs. Sign placement specialist. Yes. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she she does a lot of it. And she's right. She's a control freak. So uh, she has a hard time relinquishing some of those things. But I've told her if she wants to increase her, her productivity, she has to delegate. So. Now, a quick word from our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month. Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealGTV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. Lisa is the other assistant on the team the other supporting role, and is she full-time, part-time, and what is she doing? She's part-time. She basically works from home, and she lives about 45 minutes from me, Um, so I never see Lisa. Like, her money is transferred from our bank account to her bank account, 
and she does like all of the MLS input. There's still some things. So like one of the things that David mentioned earlier is us trying to break into a higher end market. So I have her giving me a list of all of the owners in that neighborhood and their addresses. And then we're going to try to find out what their occupations are, what company they work with. So she's going to do some of the background on that for me. Um, but no, I mean, she doesn't work a ton. I pay her, shoot, I think we pay her about 400 to $500 a month, depending on how busy we are. So she's not doing a ton. You can tell that just from the amount that she's making. I guess my biggest hangup is, is it's like you train people and they still don't do it exactly the way you would do it. Even though you tell them exactly how you want it, it still never winds up exactly how I would do it. And so I'm just like, it takes me less time to just do it than to keep telling someone that they need to change it. So that's part of my hangup. I guess that'll be my counseling session for Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Well, very good. Thank you for giving me the picture of the team and how you're all working together. What I'd like to do now is shift gears and talk about how you're generating leads for the business. And I understand you've got a couple different areas that you've got some expertise in that you've developed. And the first one I'd like to talk about is Facebook, what you're doing with Facebook. And I think you're doing something with that in your sphere of influence. Could you tell us what you're doing with Facebook that's working well? Facebook has just been crazy. And it was something that I think was so untapped when I was in business prior to taking my hiatus. I just didn't understand the power that it has. I mean, everybody that you know, I mean, I went through and and took out my yearbooks from grade school to high school and because I still live in the same city. And I just went through and added every single person. Um, I made sure all my former clients had friend requests. I mean, the whole, the whole thing. So then they can start seeing what we're doing and understanding that I'm back in business and those types of things. So that was one. I just had to get a big database of people. Then we really started, when we started at ground zero two and a half years ago, I didn't have any listings and I didn't have any buyers immediately. So it was a matter of, we were going out looking at houses and some of that stuff, and we would just post pictures of the houses, not like something that we found interesting about them. And look at this house that we're out showing today, look at the kitchen or whatever. And so it just, it kind of started creating this vision that we were doing a lot more sales than the none that we were doing. So it was kind of perception. You know, we were very fortunate in our market that we have an IDX agreement with our MLS. So we can be advertising any other agents' houses that are on the market, whether they're within our brokerage or not. And so I started going in and joining like all of the buy, sell, and trade pages on Facebook. And I just started advertising other people's listings to pick up buyers. So, you know, when we looked at the number of buyers that we had, it's huge. I mean, we did, oh, I'm trying to look. It looks like, I think I had my numbers mixed up when I sent them to you earlier, but we did 64% of our business was buyers last year. So, we just had a huge number of people coming in and clicking on pictures and ads that I was posting in those buy, sell and trade pages that we were able to convert. Then also by adding all of those things into the buy, sell and trade pages, 
the other people that were in my sphere of influence that were in those same buy, sell, and trade groups, they thought that they were my deals. They thought they were my houses that I was listing. So again, it was their perception that things were bigger and badder than what it was really showing in our bank account at that particular moment in time. Well, you know, and the other thing, the thing that we, we started doing is we would do, we would take a, a listing off of our, our webpage. We would take the URL and we would put that in the Facebook ad. And that's how we started doing it. So that way people could, when they clicked on the picture, because it would populate a picture, then it would, it would generally, uh, it would send them directly to our website. So that, and then we were capturing people with our lead generation program that's linked to our website. Right. But here's what we did wrong in the beginning. We started out with uh, like HUD homes and foreclosures and we were, we were sent or we would send out a whole group of houses uh, saying, oh, check out all these new, these, all these houses that the price has been reduced. Well, we started figuring it out that you, you want to stay away from HUD homes and stay away from foreclosures because the people that are attracted to those generally have pretty poor uh, credit scores. So now you're dealing with credit repair. Beyond that, the, the next thing that we did is we narrowed it down to one house, basically uh, in the first time home buyer range. And uh, in our particular market, that's around, you know, 110 to 160,000. And then we go out there and, um, you know, we meet people um, off of those, those ads that we're posting. And that, that actually worked really well. And you were saying that you were posting those, one, in your normal feed, and two, you were talking about a buy-sell trade page. How much business were you getting out of that buy-sell trade page? Was that a big percentage of your business? Yes. I mean, a huge chunk of it. Um, and it was crazy. I mean, here's a way that you can advertise other people's listings that cost me absolutely nothing. And we were generating, oh, I was trying to look and see. I had all the numbers written down. But I would say that it was probably close to 15% of, of our overall business came from just that. Well, and we didn't even follow up on those leads the way we should have. We, um, once they click on that, that picture in the buy, sell, and trade page, it goes to our website, and then that website's attached to our lead gen program. The lead gen program captures their information, and then it starts dripping on them. Well, Leslie and I are busy enough with all the other buckets of leads that we have coming in that she pretty much just lets the, our lead gen program drip on them until they finally start talking to her. And then once they do that, that's when we say, hey, well, do you want to go see this house? So essentially, we don't call them. We don't bug them. So, the program does it for us. Yeah, but if we really, if we probably were more proactive and we made those calls and say, hey, we noticed that you looked at three houses or you looked at the same house three times, do you want to go see it? We'd probably pick up more business. But again, we've got enough buckets that we're, I mean, hell, we did 80 deals. Right. <laughs> it was plenty. What is the name of the website that you're capturing those leads? What's the program? Well, now it's called KV Core. Most people would probably know it as conversion. Ah, okay. That's one of the bonuses. Yeah, EXP gives us that. They give that out to all their agents. So it was a little bit of a learning curve to figure out how all of it worked. But once we dug in and figured it out, it really paid off. I want to go back to that buy-sell trade page. Is this a buy-sell trade page for real estate or for something else? 
it's just like a blanket page. I mean, one one ad is somebody selling some jeans and the next is us trying to sell a house and then the next one somebody posted their car. So, I mean, it's it's all over the board. Right. And that's what I wanted people to get. Yeah, we just go into the search engine in Facebook and we would just type in Wichita and look to see what all the groups were of, you know, different pages. So one of them would be like Wichita Classifieds. Another one would be Wichita Buy, Sell, and Trade. One of them would say Wichita Garage Sale. So then we just started joining them based off of the population, the amount of people that were in the group. So we wanted the ones with the most amount of people in the group. So like a lot of them will have, you know, 10 to 50,000 people per group. Wow. That's huge. Those are really big groups. Yeah. Well, those are those are small groups compared to some of the larger <laughs> some of the uh, bigger cities. cities. Yeah, some of the bigger cities are going to have, you know, 100,000 people in a group. Right. But yeah, I mean, if you've got 500,000 people in Wichita and one group has 50,000, I mean, that you're hitting a pretty good chunk of people advertising in that page. And we would advertise the house in 10 different pages. What did that ad look like? It was just really like in the caption part of it, it's just something really quick. It'd be like new listing, Andover schools, zero money down bank mortgages available. And then it would just say listing courtesy of blank, blank company. And then when we copied and pasted our URL, it created a link with a thumb, thumbnail of a picture of the front of the house. So that's all it was. I mean, we just figured the least amount of information we could give them, something to catch their attention, but cause them to click, then we would, the program captured their email and their cell phone number, and it would start automatically following up. Now, one of the tidbits that an awesome agent out of California and I, we were having a conversation, and I said, man, I cannot figure out what I'm doing wrong and why I'm not converting anybody. And we went through my process and she says, okay, this is what you're doing wrong. So when you're advertising in these buy, sell, and trade pages, if someone asks you a question publicly on your post and they say, what does my credit score have to be like in order to qualify for zero down? She told me, do not answer them publicly. (laughs) So I would put 620. And then she told me that basically I just shot myself in the foot because everybody that doesn't know what their credit score is or doesn't think that there might be that, they no longer clicked on my link. So, or if they asked me how many bedrooms and I said two and they needed three, then they no longer clicked on the link. So what she told me to do was message them privately and say, this, this house has two bedrooms. How many bedrooms are you needing? And so just creating the dialogue and the rapport with those people on Facebook, it's crazy. Like I've done complete deals through Facebook. And by the time that I need their phone number for inspections, the inspection company is like, okay. And the client's phone number. And I'm like, oh boy, I don't even have their phone number. I've just, I've called them on Facebook. I've talked to them on Facebook. I, I don't have their phone number. I have to get it. I mean, it's, it's kind of a one-stop shop. It's pretty crazy. That was a great little uh, tidbit to take them into a private message if you were going to talk about anything that would ferret out anyone else that would discourage anybody from responding. That's good information. That was a good piece of advice. Now, anything else while we're on this to wrap this part up on these buy-sell trade pages, anything else you've done that you found 
helped your response or helped it work better? It seems like the higher end stuff, there's a lot of people clicking, but they're looking for decorating ideas. So we've just really kind of honed in on staying middle of the road price point range. And I think those main things, you know, keeping it very simple for them to want to click or want to ask you questions and, you know, keeping something middle of the road price range, I think those are the biggest thing. Well, I think there's a couple of, there's a couple of things to think about there. Number one, you get into the higher end listings. Uh, most of those people are pretty savvy buyers, sellers. So they're all going to have their own real estate agent. So it's difficult to kind of break into those people. That's part of the reason why we just kind of focused on the first time home buyers. It's worked. That's fantastic. I'm going to switch gears again. Another lead generation idea that I think you've, you've had some success with, and that is Zillow. What are you doing with Zillow to generate leads? Well, one, paying them. That was the biggest thing. <laughs> we started doing that, trying to think of when it was, not last year, but August the year before. And mainly, I'd say the quickest or the best things that I could tell you is responding as soon as you pretty much get the information that they wanted information. And I, we paid enough that we were one of their premier agents. And mainly I did that so that they, the concierge service would answer the call for me if I couldn't answer the call. So that was one of the biggest things was just responding, responding quickly. And the other thing that I think has been big for us is a lot of agents, they, they want to meet at the office. They want these buyer agency agreements. They want them to be pre-called. They want this perfect little box with a big bow delivered to them and dropped in their lap and it's a closing and you know it's just supposed to be magical but that's not how any of it works it's just a matter of you have to go out and shake hands and kiss babies and find out what they're wanting and then I like directing them to the lenders that we want them to go use and that way I'm not having to deal with Quicken Loans and some of these other places that I can't control as much as I can control a local bank lender, you know. So we go out and we just meet them and we find out what their situation is. And, and what's funny about it is sometimes it turns out that I don't do any business with them at all, but then they refer someone else to us afterwards because we really spent time and basically built rapport and educated them on the process. And they're just not ready yet financially or credit-wise. But we went to one house and wound up being she sent us a listing referral on something else so i mean you just never know that's the crazy thing about real estate is you never know where your business is coming from so you just meet everybody so it sounds like you have a policy of meet anyone for at least one showing or or one preview of a property yep and then after that they have to get qualified we're not going to go show them houses if they're not qualified Per Zillow, do you do anything with the reviews? Yes. And I I was sending them out while I was sitting at closing. I was sending out the request for the review. I've found that I get better answers if I send it out a couple of days before closing. Because I think afterwards, they're so busy moving that it just gets lost in the shuffle. So I'm sending it out a couple of days ahead of time, and now I'm getting more reviews. And and I do think that those reviews are important because 
whether it's somebody that is coming to us from Zillow or whether it's somebody that's coming to us from Facebook, they're researching you before they meet you. We had one gal, she says, well, I've looked you up online and I figured out you weren't crazy. I mean, they can look <laughs> you up on, I, I'm on open book. They can look me up on Facebook. They can look me up on Zillow. They can look at whatever they want to look at for me. I want people to look me up. I intentionally don't post anything super political or anything super religious or, you know, anything. I, I just want it middle of the road. Pictures of my cat, pictures of my kid, pictures of vacation, something funny here and there. I mean, mostly it's random real estate stuff on my Facebook page. I want to ask you, you've given us kind of a glimpse into your business, how it's set up, how you're operating. And the question the agents are going to have is, are you profitable? Yes. We've got, we spend about $1,800 a month at this point on Zillow. That's really, aside from that and from Lisa paying four or $500 a month, those are the biggest expenses that we have. Well, let me ask you this. Leslie, what drives you? I would say freedom. And I know that that sounds crazy because we're working like dogs right now, but it's the the financial independence, you know, to be able to go do whatever you want, whenever you want, if you decide to take some time off or, I mean, we pretty much took the whole month of October off. We went for three weeks, three different places. So, you know, that's what really gets me. And I want to set a good example for my, my son. He just turned 16. He's super entrepreneurial. And I want him to see that this is what it takes to live the lifestyle that we live. David, what's, what would you say about that? Yeah, I would, I would agree that the freedom, but you know, the thing is, is we've got a five-year plan. So we want, we're trying to make as much money right now as we can. We're going to invest. Um, we're recruiting and our end game is, is to not sell real estate forever, but to do re- repeat and referral business only and uh, send out all of our buyers to all of the people that we recruit and um, let them sell all the houses, and we'll just take a referral fee, <laughs> and then we're going on vacation. That's our that's our five-year plan. Yeah, our goal is just to become a lead generation machine. Yep. And I guess the other thing that drives me, I'm just super competitive in general. I mean, the joke around our house, and it really isn't a joke, is I will cheat to win against my own kid, and I have since he was little. Any kind of board <laughs> game, any kind of card game, <laughs> I want to win. I want to <laughs> That's just my personality. Well, Leslie, if you were going to advise a brand new agent just getting in the business, what would you tell them to do first? Take action. It's not ready, aim, fire. It's ready, fire, and aim. Um, I think that was one of the biggest things for me is while everybody else was trying to sit and learn how to do it, I was just going out and making mistakes and figuring it out along the way. I think there's such a huge advantage that agents have now that we didn't 15 years ago and 15 years ago doesn't really sound like that much compared to like what I was telling you my grandma did this for 47 years and I think of what they dealt with you know they had like a phone book with a little one by one picture black and white of a house with a little description I mean it's just crazy the technology and how it's changed things but there's so many people that you could YouTube and get trained on different topics. And there's just so much more training, I think, available now that's easy to access from your pajamas and that doesn't cost you anything. And so if they could just dive in 
And like I posted something yesterday to our EXP group. It was, or maybe it was this morning, 200 different ways to lead generate. And the key isn't learning all 200 of them. It's picking a couple of them and getting to work. And I think every single thing works if they work. Very good. Well, I've come to the end of my questions for today. Do you all have any parting thoughts for the listeners? I'll tell you, after my two and a half years of being with Leslie and doing real estate, I really enjoy what we do. Times, you know, dropping everything that we're, we're doing and going to see a client kind of stinks, but you know, it's just part of the gig. So you get used to it. But, uh, but the, uh, like Leslie said, the freedom that it affords us because we're making some good money and for Wichita, $300,000 is a lot of money. So we're able to do a lot of good things. And, uh, so get out there and, and sell some houses and make some cash and enjoy your life. The juice is worth the squeeze. It is. <laughs> well, Leslie and David, the juice is worth the squeeze. You prove that spouses and best friends can work together in real estate. You've adopted your model to maximize results and maximize fun while doing it. With Leslie's experience and David's fresh approach, you developed a new market using social marketing and internet tools. You showed any agent how to project success even if they have zero listings and no clients. I see a bright future ahead. Thank you for sharing and being our top agent of the month. And join us next call when we talk to an agent who sold 69 homes last year as a solo agent in his 70s. Find out who he is on the next success call. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods. Visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at FreeLeadTime.com. That's FreeLeadTime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward. You've been listening to Success Calls on the Mastermind Agent Network, where top real estate agents from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the calls at www.mastermindagent.com.